don't care about this streak. In fact, I don't even know exactly what the streak is. I've covered this football team for the entirety of this streak and never once bothered to look up what exactly it is. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I just happen to offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. What a coincidence. I hope you'll check those out as well. Very quietly, it appears to have crept into the locker room that the streak is a thing. What streak, you ask? Well, not if you follow this team enough to be a hardened cynic about them. And this is one of those areas where I side with the cynics. I can't stand the idea of discussing how many non-losing seasons Mike Tomlin has had. I don't even know the number. I know that there's been a couple of 500s in there. I know that there's been a handful of missed playoffs in there. I also know that there's been... Some huge successes in there, notably winning a Super Bowl, getting to another Super Bowl. All of this is several years in the rearview mirror, but it did happen. But this this other thing, the fact that he's the head coach who's got the longest something or other, I swear to you, gun to my temple, I would not be able to tell you what this streak is because I care not at all about it. Not even from the journalistic sense where I'd have a responsibility to share with you that data on some sort of regular basis. But, but when your team starts out two and six and things look like, uh oh, in terms of treading into uncharted territory, and then the team starts to play a little bit better, and then the schedule gets a lot lighter. Maybe it's just a mechanism to ensure that the players are keeping their focus on where it needs to be, which is winning, but winning via getting better. Then you start hearing stuff like this from Minka Fitzpatrick yesterday. To me, I mean, it's just, I take, I take pride in it. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, uh, I was talking about it earlier today. Like, I don't want to be on that team that, that snaps that, that, that uh, winning streak or winning season streak. Um, because I know, of course, he's a guy that takes a lot of pride in what he does. I'm a guy that takes a lot of pride in what I do. So if I can do anything I can to keep that streak alive, I do. So, yeah, they're they're talking about it. I heard a little bit of it, not much, just a little bit of it in Charlotte. And I wanted to kind of pretend, like cover my ears and go, blah, 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 like because I didn't want to even acknowledge that it was happening. But it is happening. These Steelers are six and eight. And they've got three games left. And by God, if they win all three of them, the streak lives even if the players don't know what this streak is. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Look, this isn't to... Uh, slight Tomlin or be the 
you know, the latest to pile on to him for the season that he's had and really a few seasons in a row now of not being anywhere near what this franchise's standard should be and has been in the past. In fairness, for full context, being a head coach in the NFL for a decade and a half, never having had a losing season, is a thing. But it's not a streak. It's not a... I'm sorry, but once you have an 8-8 eight and eight in there, once you've got a 500, your streak's over. You don't have a streak of winning seasons the way I've already heard a couple of these players incorrectly describe it. Minka, you could tell from the soundbite that I just played, he didn't know what it was. Does Tomlin know? Oh, you bet he does. Remember his answer when I asked him in Philadelphia about being in uncharted territory and he corrects me and says, I'm pretty sure I've been here before, meaning two and six. And of course he had. That was in 2013, the London season, which they started 0-4 and they ended up 8-8. Eight and eight. He took a lot of pride in that. I understood that because that was a veteran group that had started off lousy, a really, really, really talented group that just didn't have things go their way early, and they straightened things out, and they fought, and they almost made the playoffs. And if they had made the playoffs, they would have been eminently capable of doing damage. This ain't that. This is a totally different setting. This is a team that's nowhere near being able to do damage against the league's best. So if it's Tomlin that's making this a big deal in the room, and I haven't heard anybody say that, it comes up peripherally, I'm sure, and then they find out about it, then they say, let's win 1-4. I I could be wrong on this, but I don't see him as being the type to walk into a, a locker room of 53 guys and say, hey, I've never had a losing season. Don't let me have a losing season, you guys. And then they all put their hands in the pile and say, no losing seasons for the coach. I, I don't I don't see that as plausible. I really don't. I have heard from the inside that he feels it's important to him. But there's a big, big difference between taking pride in a certain statistic that's just played out a certain way and then taking it to the group and making it some kind of rallying cry. So all I'm saying to you out of all this is that you're going to hear about this. Don't presume that it's coming from Tomlin because I don't believe that and I won't believe that until I hear someone say it at least of would be, you know, the head coach himself. When we come back, J1Q. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome 
kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Dana, who asks, DK, I wish you would talk more about the Marcus Allen penalty. It's so mind-numbing. I'd like to hear some kind of details that explain the thought or lack thereof process for that boneheaded move. You know, Dana, there's not much to say, at least in terms of explaining why a dope would do a dopey thing. Uh, As I wrote in my column on DK Pittsburgh Sports, that's what this guy is. He's a dope all the time. He didn't become a dope in the span of a single play sequence. This is how he's always behaved. He's just a fool. The reason that most people haven't heard about it is because he doesn't matter. He's a special teams guy. He's a pretty good special teams guy, but he's a special teams guy. And it probably was going to take something like this, as opposed to various run-ins and headbutts that he's had in the locker room, even over the course of this season, regarding how loud he plays his music in there, uh, whether it's supposed to be on or off while uh, reporters are in there using you know microphones and cameras and not being able to hear what people are saying. And even if you hate the media, which is okay, that's everyone's right, your teammates are the ones who are trying to professionally answer these questions and they can't do it over your music. Uh, he is exactly what you would think he is based on witnessing that scene, Dana. There's nothing deeper or heavier. And the fact that he was, uh, you know, at least fronting being contrite about it afterward when, when he was asked about it in Charlotte doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. He is exactly who he is. When he's gone from that room, whenever that happens to be, there won't be many who miss him. And again, we're talking about a special teams guy. However, there's one thing that I'd like to add to this, Dana, even though you didn't bring it up. uh, You did say like, well, I wish you'd said more about this. Well, when I'm in Charlotte and I'm writing about the game or just watching the game, covering it live, and I see something like that occur, I have two thoughts. One is, wow, that was dumb. That's going to hurt them on this drive. And it didn't surprise me that it took place because of who it was. And two, boy, is this going to be a big deal once the radio talk shows get a hold of this or it becomes a, a meme on social media and then from there gets picked up by the national outlets and everything else here. And that doesn't happen as the game's going on. It doesn't happen after the game. It happens on Monday. So something that all of us, presumably you as well, were watching and had a reaction to already, and Alan was already quoted, stories were already written, and it's basically done. Mike Tomlin had already been asked about it. It has a whole new life on Monday, and it feels like, whoa, what is this? giant story that we all missed. Nobody missed it, including you. Nobody missed it. And I didn't have more to offer on it than I did yesterday. But this is very much par for the course in the NFL. It'll be the next day. It'll be that Monday, whenever 
how do I say this without getting myself in too much trouble with people in this industry? It'll be the time when people who don't necessarily know the ins and outs of football will want to jump into the conversation. And they're not going to say, well, hey, what went wrong with the secondary in Charlotte? The secondary appeared to be a real problem. Let's break down some film. Let's get into some stats and come up with something here because it sure looks like Cam Sutton and James Pierre and everybody else really need to be replaced. They're not doing that. They're coming into work and they're looking at eye level for the lowest hanging fruit off the nearest tree. And they're going to go, oh, yeah, here's Marcus Allen. And by the way, Mike Tomlin, uh, quote, unquote, here comes the term, players coach. Wow, what does that mean when they say players coach? I don't know. Well, let's take it further and let's compare it to how Bill Cower used to act when the punter would make a bad punt and Cower would stick that jaw out at him and he would read him the riot act. He would only do it to punters, by the way. And the punters didn't care at all that he did it, but it sure looked good for the audience. Hmm. Don't make me go where I want to go here. Don't make me do that. Uh, this is... This is a subject that was open and shut the moment that dope made a dopey action. What happens behind the scenes, and he's getting reamed out left and right, not just by Tomlin, but by Danny Smith, by his teammates, and everything else. I saw him sitting at his locker stall after the game, looking as if he'd already been read multiple riot acts. And no, I don't see him or that action or any reaction to it as any sort of larger symptomatic thing. I'm sorry, I just don't. I appreciate the question, Dana. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 